Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Man Talks podcast. My name is Roger Naren and I'm the director of marketing for Man Talks. And I'm Connor Beaton, the founder of Man Talks. Today we are super, super excited to bring you Mr. Di Manuel. But before we bring on Di, uh, we wanted to just take a few moments for a little bit of house uh, housekeeping and house cleaning. Housekeeping. Sure. Uh, we want to reach out to our Man Talks community because we need uh, to bring on a new member to our Man Talks team. We are looking for uh, social media experts uh, that we want to bring into the community and bring on to our planning team and make sure that our message is getting out to uh, all of our different uh, communities online. So if you are that person or if you know of that person, we'd love it if you could reach out to us at info at mantalks.ca um, and we'd love to sit down and have a chat with that person. We're really looking forward to uh, expanding our team over in 2016 and, and that's going to be a a very integral part of, of, of that. And just on that note really quick, we are coming to Toronto next year. Cat's out of the bag. So we definitely uh, we definitely could use some support. And if you haven't already done so, make sure that you subscribe to the channel and uh, definitely leave us a rating and, and, and comment, review if you will, please. All right. Let's uh, let's bring on Dai Manuel. Dai is all about achieving a functio- functionality fit life through encouragement, education, and community. As fitness ambassador, Dai's passion is to engage and challenge people in living healthy, more active lives. He's a business pro, health educator, and editor of the insanely popular uh, blog website, diamanwell.com, and he's got a new book coming out in January, which, uh, which we definitely touch on. So without further ado, Mr. Di Manuel. Di, thanks so much for joining us today. Quick, what got you out of bed today? Well, I get out of bed 5 a.m. every morning, and I usually wake up before my alarm. It's it's actually a curse now. <laughs> but uh, what got me up was just life, yeah. you know, and just getting excited to, to chat to you guys after listening to it for so long now. It's uh, it's exciting to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. So... So you do like the 5 a.m. wake up every day. Do you have a do you have like a morning routine or like how did you build that habit? Because I think a lot of people, you know, you, you mentioned that it's like, you know, the, the, the curse, but like you get up every morning now. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, a lot of people, probably a lot of our listeners are trying to like build that habit in their life. And they're probably wondering, like, what's his secret? You know, it, it started back when I was 19, 20. Yeah, 20. Uh, just about turning 20, I, I started teaching spin classes and I was the only crazy guy at the gym that would do the five, six AM classes. Right. And I liked it. I've always been a morning guy and it just slowly, especially when I started having kids, uh, you, you realize that time is very valuable and mm-hmm. very precious. Uh, but also if I want uninterrupted time, <laughs> I got to take advantage of it when they're in sleep, you know? Yeah. And so that window from five to seven, seven thirty, it it's amazing how much I can get done from a productivity standpoint. Very cool. Very cool. So I feel like we've already kind of dug deep in, in already. <laughs> we you know, we didn't start off our normal way. So you know, what can you uh, what can you tell listeners about yourself and sort of what is it what is it that you do and, and uh you know how did you get into it? You know, I, I have to be brutally honest and I get asked this a lot and it doesn't just roll. I don't have the elevator pitch, right? Like this is who I am because I've been going through a transition the last few months personally and professionally. So when you're going through transitionary phases and, and we were just speaking about this, you have a big transition coming down in your life too. And, and I left my career of 18 years 
I'm a founding partner of a chain of stores called Fitness Town, and I've been in retail, specialty retail, for a long time. <laughs> you know, sales management and operations management, and just all that stuff. And as of July, I left it. And I'm pursuing my not only my speaking career, but also uh, I have a book coming out and, and all sorts of stuff. So while I've been going through this transitionary phase, I get asked, well, what do you do? And I'm like, I used to have a stock answer. <laughs> I, I don't have a stock answer anymore. So I often just tell people, well, I'm a dad, you know, first and foremost, a husband. And, a and, and at the end of the day, I just like helping inspire people to be happier and healthier and more productive with their lives. And, and that's bottom line. What do I do? Well, I, I do that with lots of different tools that I have access to, a lot of different platforms. And, uh, and I have fun doing it. Awesome. Cool. And how did, this, how did this sort of fitness focus start? Where did, where did it all come from? Oh, well, uh, <laughs> this I've shared. And when, when I was nine, my parents uh, divorced or separated and then uh, a couple years later divorced. And at nine, you, you know, you, uh, without dating myself, well, I'm going to date myself. I'm going to be 39 next month. All right. So we're going back 30 years. Divorce wasn't as prevalent as it is today. It wasn't as common. Right. I withdrew. I, I didn't know how to cope. And I found solace in food and video games. And just vegetation, <laughs> me, vegetable, couch. <laughs> and I started to gain a lot of weight. And over a five-year period, I ballooned and got to a point where I was clinically diagnosed as morbidly obese. And again, you know, dating back almost 30 years, uh, childhood and obesity wasn't found in the same sentence. It was an oxymoron, really. You, you know, just to find those two words even side by side in the same paragraph would be weird. Because it just wasn't prevalent back then. And uh, so I, I had to deal with that. And then at age 15, I made some changes. You know, I, I hit rock bottom. And as far as rock bottom as I'm concerned, I, mean, I still, hey, listen, I had roofs over my head. I had parents that loved me. I had a good support network. But I still felt very isolated and alone. And uh, withdrew based on my, my condition. And uh, I made some changes. And it's not rocket science. I, I joke, you know, even though I got a book coming out, I, I, I say it's actually my second book. My first book was only three pages. And it was the secret the fitness industry doesn't want you to know. You just got to eat smart, move more, and do it regularly. You know, that's the three pages right there. So, uh, go ahead. You can rip me off on that one. Probably actually. Uh, probably, you can probably put that on a one page. Yeah. <laughs> you could, no, I was starting to stretch it, you know, better value. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so, so I started making some lifestyle changes. And that's, I, I realized going through those personal changes and transformations and, and that it was not only very empowering and great confidence boost. And I, I started to develop a, a knowledge and expertise for helping people do the same thing. People were coming to me asking for help. How'd you do it? And I love that. I love being able to give back because I had never had that in my life up until that point. And uh, I've been in the fitness industry ever since. Earning an income for 20 years in the fitness industry. I should qualify that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of people in the fitness industry, but they're more hobbyists. I, I've made a career of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Very cool. Which is, I mean, it, which is a challenging thing to do in, in itself, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of like the music industry where mm -hmm. there's a lot of musicians out there and very few are actually able to make a living out of it, like a solid living where you know, you have a family. So, um, what have, what have some of the, what have been some of the keys to your success? Do you think like how did, um, fitness town come about and, and what was, what was that all like? Well, I originally, my foundation or my start, I should say in the specialty fitness industry as it relates to selling equipment, which is what I was, it was equipment and accessories and, you know, apparel later on and supplements and that kind of stuff. But initially it was just Fitness equipment. And I was working for a national company called Fitness Depot. 
and uh, it's a national chain in Canada. It's one of the larger, um, especially fitness chains globally. And I was running one of the locations. I, I, I accelerated fairly quickly. I just had a knack for it because I had a passion, right? I had a big why behind me, why I love doing this. And it definitely helped me in that type of capacity as a specialty salesperson. Especially it was my first time being in a position where I wasn't paid just an hourly number. You know, it, it was a performance-based pay structure. And that was new to me, especially at you know, 20, almost 21 years old. I was like, oh, you mean... If I work smarter, treat people better, and the people end up buying more, I, I get paid more? Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> How does this work? Yeah, yeah. And I just talk about fitness? And okay. I, and, I, and I love this. And yeah. I have a passion for it. Yeah. Absolutely. So I accelerated and I got into management within about a year and uh, it just sort of took off from there. And the, the gentleman that was running the Western Canadian stores, he was a joint venture partner with the national chain. Uh, basically, he became a mentor for me and, and a friend. And uh, taught me pretty much everything. You know, I, I, he'd already been in the industry for, I think, 15 years at that point, And had a previous company that he had folded in order to open up and become a partner with this national chain. And um, fast forward almost, you know, eight, nine years, um, there was an opportunity for us to separate from the national chain, go off as independents. And uh, I had an opportunity to become a partner at that time. And I was like, yeah, because <laughs> I had the relationship with him, not with the national company. Right. right. And uh, I trusted him and I was like, yeah, let's do this. And, and it was mentor. You know, he really was a mentor. And, and I saw him almost like a, a dad, if you would, even though he wasn't, you know, he's 20 years my senior. He could be my dad, but he's not. <laughs> he, he was more of a, a brotherly figure, but someone that I definitely uh, and, and that's just one instance in my life where I've found value in mentorship. So I think at the end of the day, it's being able to extend your hand and, and ultimately ask someone for help. And you'll be fine. You, you'll find that people are actually very open to that, right? I mean, you guys see this all the time. This is what you do. <laughs> you're, you're connecting people with strong mentorship figures. And uh, it's inspiring. And I, I think that there's that, that mentor-mentee relationship that's so valuable if, if you can provide value to your mentor as well. Yeah. And, and you have to be willing to make it a two-way street. And it's so, it's so easy to take, take, take in that sort of relationship. But as, as long as you're willing to you know, um, provide value to that, that mentor, it can be a, you know, a, a relationship that can last forever you're right and it was nice because i could compliment i mean we were two decades apart right so there's a couple <laughs> learnings that can be seen differently there it's like me connecting with millennials now it's still it's it's a challenge because there's that yeah. age gap right and they've grown up with the internet <laughs> where i remember a time no email no internet <laughs> no cell phones so it's tough to relate at times right so i was able to bridge a lot of what was happening especially on the social media side of things and blogging and digital influence and and i really took a hold of that so even though i was a chief operating officer i was actually like a chief marketing officer as well and uh, so i started doing that and but obviously i have my own personal opinions that fitness town could not uh, espouse either you know there's a certain personal voice that i would like to talk about so that's when i started developing my own platforms yeah. and then it just sort of you know since 2007 
puts me in that digital space as an old man because <laughs> I've been doing it for almost oh, eight years now, right? Twitter and Facebook and blogging. And, and I, I laugh because I'm the OG. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the OG. But, but at the same time, I mean, it's... it's it and I mean old guy, yeah. not original gangster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I mean, you know, age doesn't matter when it comes to what your message is and... and, mm-hmm. and I think that you've done an amazing job of, of taking your message and putting it into so many different um, accessible accessible ways. And those that haven't, you know, be, been to, to diemanual.com, you know, th- there's so much valuable information there, videos, blogs, uh, all sorts of, all sorts of, you know, all, everything. amazing. T- everything. <laughs> everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think, you know, I think, you know, age, age aside, uh, as long as your message is ringing true with, your listenership it it shouldn't matter you know um yeah i mean my like my my mentor one of my main mentors um in in the singing industry when i was in the music industry he was 81 and like so he was he was the og that is the og he was he was the he was the original gangster yeah that's Um, awesome but so i mean that generational gap can actually provide a lot of insight and, you know, when somebody's been working on something for 20, 30, 40, 50 years more than you, right. they probably have a couple things figured out. Right. Um, so what, what was the, what's the trans- transition been like? Because I think a lot of people go through these kind of transitions in their life where, you know, maybe they've been really successful at something and, and you've definitely had success in your life. And now you're starting to find that own space for yourself and, and kind of dive into the things that that you're really passionate about and, and what you want to do. So I guess my question is kind of twofold. One, what is your sort of definition of passion? And two, what's been some of the, the keys to this transition for you? Well, that's great. Well, passion, I think it just, I guess in a way you can create passion, um, but it's still got to be in line with what your vision and purpose is, right? And I think passion is when you're really excited about that. And it resonates from the inside out. And it just, you asked me what got me up at five in the morning. Well, yeah, I mean, it does not sound cliche. <laughs> it was passion for what I do. Okay. And I, I get up in the morning. I'm really excited. Like, I'd like to log on to my computer and see what messages from people have reached out asking for help, you know. And I love responding to those, you know. Uh, so it's definitely, it really floats my boat. But, you know, going through this transition, it got to a point where, uh, I was doing the same thing, and I got very good at what I was doing, but it wasn't, I wasn't as passionate about it anymore. You know, it didn't excite me. I I was looking for excitement in other areas, looking to connect with people in a different way. And I I knew that the vehicle wasn't going to allow me to do that to the level that I wanted to do it. You know, being 38, going on 39, I... No, when you you say level, do you mean, do you mean reach? Or well, do you mean uh, impact? Both. R- really both. Um, I mean, providing people with fitness equipment is great. I, I think it's awesome. But there's obviously a, a certain demographic that can afford that, right? It's a discretionary dollar. And I love doing it. It's fantastic. But I felt that there was something more I wanted to do. And I wanted to connect with more people, but also more on a global scale. Where, you know, in the position where I was, it was really Canadian. It was a Canadian enterprise, uh, in particular Western Canadian from a brick-and-mortar perspective. And it just 
wouldn't allow me to do what I wanted to do personally. And I think a lot of people go through this sort of introspection, right? And it didn't just happen overnight. I actually wrote a personal manifesto, much like a Jerry Maguire moment uh, almost two years ago, uh, which I presented to my CEO and and uh, my wife, obviously, and, and a couple other people that are mentor figures in my life. And this is, I laid it out. This is what I wanted to do before I was 40. You know, this is where I see the business playing into that. This is where I see what I want to do on my personal side. And ultimately, I was looking for a way to try to merge the two. And uh, it just really came down to that it wasn't going to be possible, at least not at this time. So, so I had to make a choice and uh, rip the Band-Aid off <laughs> and uh, made, that, made that switch. And it's scary, okay? It's uh, without getting the explicit uh, sign on your podcast, <laughs> but fine. it's scary as shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fine. Flail um, away. Uh, they most, yeah. they most yeah. of them do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and do I have a plan? Uh, you know, not really. <laughs> um, do I love what I'm doing right now? Yes, yes. I'm very excited about it. I think one of, the, one of the keys, though, of what you have done really well is that you have built the foundation for success to actually happen. And I think, you know, so many times people are encouraged by, you know, coaches or friends or family members, like, just take the leap, just take, you know, the, the saying, leap and the net will appear. Yeah. Right? I, I feel like sometimes... It will manifest like, itself. Yeah, it will manifest <laughs> itself. And I feel like sometimes that that's almost, like, detrimental for people. Yeah. You know, and it's just, like, just blindly jumping right. into nothing. Like, if, you, if you're jumping and you have no parachute... You're kind of fucked. Yeah. Either yeah. way. Yeah. And but if if you are jumping and you're fully prepared, right? Um, or at least you've done some labor work, like you've, some you, research. You know, some research that you know that yeah. you need a parachute. You know that you need like safety goggles. You got your GoPro with you, like yeah. you, you know. And then I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. And and then you take the leap. I think that that's that's a different space. And you don't have to have everything perfect. Right. You know, I, I'm definitely going through that right now as well. And like, not it doesn't have to be perfect. But if you have a foundation there where you can confidently step out in a space where, I mean, you have a huge community already. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the keys. You know, if there's people that are out there listening right now, I think one of the biggest keys is is taking some time where you're at right now to actually make a plan and and then start working towards that. Right. And then once you once you get to a certain point, you'll you kind of like, no, like, did you get to a certain point where you're just Mm -hmm. like, okay, this feels like I've done the legwork to get my other stuff outside of of fitness town ready and now it's just time to step out or how did that yeah, come about i mean i think i was more of a and i tell this to people often i, I lecture on social media and digital strategy and blogging and all this stuff right uh, i don't want to sound all official uh but i talk to people about it because i've been doing it for so long and i was an accidental blogger you know, I, I only used it as a tool to, to really because I was lazy. Um, I was getting the same people asking the same questions all the time. I was like, okay, well, I need to start responding to this question. Frequently and then I'll put it on a yeah. blog. That way I can just send people a link. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as well as it was an accountability tool for me for my training. I was just venturing into CrossFit, which back in 07 was relatively new still. And I was like, wow, this is a new fitness discipline. This is great. Whatever. I'll check it out and I'll blog about my experience. And then what I was eating and, and all this stuff. Because it is what people would ask me all the time. Well, what do you do for fitness? What do you eat? Right. So I just started blogging it. And it sort of took on a life of its own. And uh, a couple of years ago, uh, you know, I had some friends that are, are, you know, career 
people in that industry and they looked at some of my metrics and I'm like, are you monetizing this at all? And I'm like, <laughs> you, you, what do you mean monetize? You mean I can monetize this? Yeah. I can actually can get money? paid to continue <laughs> doing what I'm already really enjoying. Right. And they're like, Oh yeah. And, and that opened up my eyes to a lot of other possibilities. And, uh, so it definitely helped because as that's grown and I've been able to monetize, uh, it, it becomes that leap that we were talking about. Well, it's not as high off the ground anymore. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I'm closing that gap yeah. and obviously there's still a disparity in income, but it, it's not enough that was going to prevent me from making that leap. Right. right. So I had a certain amount of faith that I can make a go at this, mm. but worst case scenario, well, like, what is the worst case? Right. And this is what I, with my own clients that I mentor. Right. And I, I'm like, what's the worst case scenario? Like paint the worst case. Like what is the worst that can happen? I got to go find another job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, okay. And, and you trust in your abilities. You believe in yourself. It's yeah. you're probably going to find another job. Uh, no problem. I know I can find another job. Right. I, I feel confident that I can do that. You know, at the age that I am with my skill sets, I, I can find something. It may not pay me what I used to make. Right. That's okay. I'm all right. But will it be able to close that little gap that we were talking about? between what I'm doing now and versus what I was doing before. Absolutely. I love that. So, so, so you know, you talked about this, this, um, this manifesto and you, and you had a vision and, and do you, I mean, do you believe in, in goal setting? Like, well, like I hard, do. hard, you know, yeah. hard, hard numbers, goal setting. Yeah. I, I think a lot of mine tend to be more loose goals initially. Yeah. Um, but then as they become more, I don't want to say grounded, but as they, embed themselves deeper and deeper in my head. <laughs> uh, and especially when it gets to the heart where it's like, you know what, I really need to do this. Mm-hmm. And this is something that's I want to accomplish. Like I need to do this. Right. And uh, when it gets to that point, then I will spend more time actually trying to, you know, GPS it, if you yeah. will, <laughs> figure yeah. out the, the, the directions on how to get there. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they start as loose goals. Yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, the more more people we talk to, the, the more work we do in this sort of field, those loose goals starting out, uh, you know, is, is, I don't want to call it the way to go, but it seems like it's the most beneficial for making progress because it doesn't seem so daunting. It doesn't seem so... It seems to yield the best results, mostly yeah. because if when you have those sort of like uber specific like drilled down goals that that there's no flexibility around it makes it very challenging for people to kind of sort out you know like oh maybe this doesn't fit in line with me like maybe i want to work out every morning but maybe i don't want to get up at at 5 a.m but if i've created a goal to get up at 5 a.m but that's not actually in line with who i am I'm setting myself up for failure. Yeah, but I mean, if six a.m. is okay for me. Then and for know. the and, like, and, and for the listeners out there, like we're not saying you know if if you're if you're a salesperson and you have a goal to call you know 150 people in the day, like that's a solid goal that you should be you know quantify. aiming for and yeah. quantify. But you know if, if we're talking about sort of what your next three, four, five years look like, having that having too rigid of a goal, I find is is scary for people, and it it actually just ends up um, diverting them off doing anything it, mm. it, it gets you paralyzed from the very beginning what was it uh, is it Cameron Harold did he write double double do you remember he was the COO for 1-800-GOT-JUNK I think it was Cameron Harold oh. the but, COO uh, <clears throat> and um he's a great speaker but he wrote a book called double double and in it wouldn't he be the CEO of Tim Hortons 
Who? No, I know, I know. There is another book called Double. Don't confuse it with the Tim Horton book. No, I know. And I, when I first yeah, went yeah. looking in chapters before it shut the stores down here, but uh, I remember because it did. It pulled up. There was like two titles that were Tim's. No, but it's called Double Double, and it's all about doubling your business um, in, in cycles, right? So, uh, and what was really interesting, he's got an exercise in the beginning called Painted Picture, and it's really, it, it, it's literally living the life in the goal five years from now and then drawing it out like everything i mean the food you're eating the experiences you're taking and what your family life looks like how what you're doing at work what's the organization look like like literally paint a picture and uh i find it a very interesting exercise and it was cameron harold okay so good good (laughs) okay i I didn't didn't blow that one (laughs) Uh, but it's a good one and i recommend people checking it out and uh, just even the painted picture exercise you can get for free right from his website yeah. and uh, you can get the first chapter and it, that exercise is explained in the first chapter yeah cool. hopefully you want to read the rest of the book but it was a pretty good read but uh so yeah. so you so i mean i feel like we could probably talk about a hundred different things with you like you yeah you really are um you're really seen in a, in, a, in many communities as, a, as an expert with social media and blogging and creating online communities um, but you are also exceptional with health and fitness and um, you know, so there's, there's a lot of things that we could dive into. I think I would love to kind of steer the conversation a little bit more towards what are some of the key things around health and around fitness? Like you mentioned those three things. I think for our listeners, there's probably a lot of value in, in understanding, like, how can I be like, who doesn't want to be a little bit healthier sure, and a little yeah, bit more fit? Yeah. Like well, it's everybody real. Does. It's real. Right? Everybody. Yeah. Um, myself included in that conversation. So, you know, what are some of the key things Like you mentioned move more, um, eat health, eat cleaner, I think it was, smart. eat smart. Um, so maybe, you know, unfold those, unpack those for a little, sure. just a little bit. Well, let's start with goals because that's where we're beginning, right? It's really that why. You, you know, I'm a why guy. I, I, I love having those conversations with people and uh, even with people that I, I coach, you know, on the health and wellness side of things and lifestyle. It's what are your lifestyle goals? I mean, it's easy to quantify, especially in the fitness industry. I think it's become just really cliche. I mean, pick up any magazine and look at the headlines, right? Six pack in six minutes, you know, (laughs) or or lose 10 pounds in six days. Like it's just, they're trying to sell magazines, right? They're they're trying to attract you. It's clickbait, as I say online, just looking for clicks. But the data, it's not long-term, right? It's not lifestyle-focused goals. And so when I'm working with people, it's like, well, what do you want to be doing 10, 15 years from now, 20 years, 30 years? Like, how do you want to lead your life? What do you want to be doing? I don't think you're going to be doing what you're doing today. Maybe you will be. But what kind of health and what kind of level of fitness will you require to maintain that ideal? puts things in perspective for you, right? It's like, well, am I investing now in that future? And there's no guarantee on the future. Things happen. I know that. But we're talking about being prepared, right, to the best of your ability. So if putting 30 minutes a day in every day to your own health, and I'm talking, you know, body, mind, and spirit, that would be a great action plan to execute and follow through with and make it part of your daily ritual, because the compounding effect of that over a lifetime is remarkable. And it's more than what most people do. People go in bursts. And that's what I see all the time with people. It's like, oh, it's January. Let's go. <laughs> I'm going to run a marathon in the next eight weeks. And, you know, they get shin splints day two. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then what happens? Well, then they don't exercise at all. Right. right. Well, I already missed my goal. I blew it. I'm done. Forget it. 
I failed. And it's this negative feeling that's uh, brought up in each of us when we fail and miss those goals. So I like to look more long-term and that's first and foremost. It sounds like, um, I've just been, I just read through this book called the power of habits okay. and I can't remember who the author is. Charles Duhigg. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, but you're like the third person to recommend that book. I'm going to yeah, check that book out. Okay, I gotta check that out. It's, um, it's a really, it's a really powerful book, but it sounds like one of the things that you actually talk about, uh, and maybe not not directly, but actually indirectly, some one of the things that you actually are doing right, it sounds like, is that you're helping people create positive habits mm. in, in their life. And so these you're just like replacing these old habits that just don't work, right? Because not working out is actually a habit. And sure. and choosing to eat shitty food is a habit. Yeah. And you know, and replacing them with habits that actually serve them instead. It's sounds like that's that's part of it. But understanding what actually drives and motivates them so you can yeah. tap into that. And also educating them on what it's going to take to, to develop that habit. Yeah. I and think, I think it's, people it's, want a cookie cutter solution, right? Totally. Like they do. It's why the programs like P90Xs and right. everything else you see on TV, they do so well. The Spartacus right. workout. Yeah. yeah that's the 300 workout. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's seriously, there. people want to be told what to do. I do my reader survey every year and one of the surveys is like, why do you fall off of any fitness program? You know, I know you started them sometime this year. Well, why did you stop? A lot of times I don't know what to do don't know how to do it and ultimately they don't know why they're doing it you know like they have these loose goals oh i wanted to lose five pounds well then they lose five pounds it's like okay well i hit my goal do i really need to do this anymore like (laughs) they're not thinking long term and and they haven't got into the point of it becoming a habit or a daily ritual and and so what i coach people on is well take 30 minutes a day you've got two percent in 24 hours i know you do if anybody tells you they don't have 30 minutes a day to commit to just themselves like to you i want you to invest in you 30 minutes a day. Can you do that? And if they tell me no, I just call them out on it. I'm like, you're full of shit. Okay. I know you've got 30 minutes. If I came and followed you around for a week, 24 seven, I know we'd find 30 minutes a day. Right. You have to come back on Netflix. (laughs) Yeah. But, but I'm like, Hey, if it is Netflix or it is TV or you're watching the news, I'm going to teach you how to now do something while you're doing that as well. You know, this cascading uh, approach works really well with a lot of busy people that I work with. And I'm going to get you moving in 15 minutes with purpose. Like you're going to work hard for 15 minutes. And now it's subjective. Hard to you is going to be hard, you know, different sort of hard (laughs) to the next guy. But you're going to work to a certain level of intensity for you that will get you the results you want. And it's just body weight based movements. After that, you're going to spend five minutes of mindfulness, meditation, get into Shavasana, you know, and lay down dead man pose. And I want you to just focus on your breath five minutes. And then you can spend 10 minutes of solid personal development. I recommend Man Talks as one of the podcasts, actually. <laughs> just, you know, just a little yes. plug there. Uh, you're one of, the, one of the recommended resources. But I, I say, you know, fill your head now with 10 minutes of good, concentrated knowledge and something that will uplift you. So this mind-body-spirit approach. And what I've been finding is people are getting the fitness results. They're starting to feel a lot better. They're handling stress better. Their energy is more consistent. They're looking at sleep patterns are better now. They're making better choices when it comes to nutrition because they're feeling good. So you want to keep that feeling. You know, so you start making better decisions. And then the, the actual meditation mindfulness piece, even though it's only five minutes, I hear from everybody, this is the most challenging five minutes because oh, <laughs> people aren't used to slowing down. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So just taking five minutes just to just be in the moment, appreciate what you've just done. And then that 10 minutes per development, it, it's making long term goal setting a reality for people because now it's just become a lifestyle. It's not even so much setting a goal anymore. It's like this is my lifestyle, you know, yeah. and they're just leading it. Yeah. And it's really cool. <laughs> you know? it's, it's kind of uh, 
All right, uh, Man Talks community. So we just wanted to take a minute to tell you about something that's really exciting. It's it's something that you know the entire team has been working on for quite a while. And it's something that the Mantox community has actually been asking for. Uh, you know, we put on monthly events and we get, you know, 150, 175 people out every month. And the community has really been asking for a full one day event and for us to bring in some, some great speakers and to, to host a big event. So that's what we've done. Um, we've, we've pulled together some pretty incredible speakers. And we have an event coming up on November 7th at the Vancouver Convention Center. So just to give you a quick idea uh, of who's coming to speak, we have uh, Brian Scrone, who is the founder of uh, Board Meetings, and he's going to be flying up from California to come and talk. He's spoken at Harvard and the Pentagon, which is pretty pretty incredible. Some top secret stuff probably happened there. Uh, we've got Philip McKernan, which if you know of Philip McKernan, he's a very powerful speaker. Uh, he's spoken on stage with the likes of you know Richard Branson and the Dalai Lama and some other crazy, crazy people around the world. Um, we've got Daryl Kotke, the CEO of Kitten Ace. Uh, Daryl was fortunate enough to be the sixth employee at Lululemon and work his way up and is now founded uh, Chip Wilson's new company, which is absolutely incredible. Um, we also have Sachin Raha, who is the founder of Warrior Sage. We have uh, Jay Demerit, who's the ex-captain of the Whitecaps. And we have Brian Scudamore, who is the founder of 1-800-GOT-JUNK. So we have some absolutely, absolutely amazing speakers, and we've worked really, really hard to, to bring you a, just a kick-ass quality event. So we really hope that you'll check it out again. It's called the Man Talks Intensive, and that is going to be November 7th at the Vancouver Convention Center. So for more details, just check out the uh, Man Talks website. And, uh, but, Connor, but Connor, yeah, you don't even need to go to the site right now and get tickets because we have a chance for you to win tickets to the event itself. Oh, you're right, yeah. All right. you need to do is... Post something that you think represents a modern man on social media. Tag three friends that you think are kicking ass and hashtag it man at forward for a chance to win two tickets to the Mad Talks intensive event on November, on November 7th in Vancouver. Like Connor said, full details can be found at mantalks.com. All you need to do is post a picture, a quote, a video, just something that you think represents a modern man. Don't forget to tag three of your friends that you think are kicking ass, really, really showing what it means to be a modern man, and hashtag it, Man It Forward, for your chance to win two tickets to the Man Talk Intensive event. Very cool. Awesome. I love it. Man, man It Forward, my friends. Man It Forward. <laughs> man It Forward. Let's get back to somebody who's definitely manning forward. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny how like a lot of people would rather do plank for five minutes than go sit in yeah. stillness. It's really totally. it's really quite You're right. hilarious. You're right, and uh, I've got an idea. Yeah. You know, you, you've heard of the saying "Netflix and chill." Yeah. How about, how about Netflix and curls? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's it's kind of funny. Like, as like you were it. as you were talking about that, I'm gonna I'm gonna embarrass myself right now, but. Um, one of one of my best practices is that I'll actually like work out a little bit while I watch anime. When I if nice, I, if I ever nice. watch anime, I have like this thing where I'll just like I'll work out a little bit. And so Kelsey, my partner, <laughs> yeah. she'll she'll always laugh at me because like I'll be watching anime right and then working out in the living room. And she kind of like will walk in, <laughs> and look at me it. like what, is like, what in the hell are you doing? But like it's I think one of those things like you talked about the compounding effect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know if you can if if you're gonna sit there and and might you know, well. veg out. Might as well do a little bit of a workout. <laughs> well, and it's remarkable, right? Even this 15 minutes, most people aren't used to working at, to a, a level of intensity where they actually see results happen, like literally very quickly. And when you learn how to train like that, 
it's going to open your eyes up to just a whole different world because now you can have a better understanding of your own personal body and how you can push it. But also you'll see that your limits are now uh, expanding. Right. You know, I, I tell people, I want you to lead a life of yes opportunities. Okay. Because, and I see this happen all the time, you know, people get to a certain point and their health has suffered. Right? They're unhealthy. They're, they don't feel very good. And when a body's at rest, well, it wants to stay at rest. <laughs> so it takes a lot of mental effort to get that thing moving. And with these people, I'm like, man, you're missing in on so many great things in life. You know, your friends ask you to go for a hike or go to the beach or, or just go have some fun. Go rent a pair of skates. You know, skate around for half an hour. And they're like, no, no, no. And it's just because they don't have confidence in their own abilities because they've lost that connection with their health. And, uh, you know, if you've been in a state of health for longer than you've been in a state of, uh, or sorry, you've been in a state of unhealth longer than you've been in health, that's your new normal, yeah. right? So you just don't remember what you're missing. And that's why it's really important to sort of have that reset moment where it's like, okay, draw that line in the sand, step over, today's the day, not tomorrow, and I'm going to put this into action. And I'm not asking people to give me the world. It's like 15 minutes of movement, people. Here's yeah. the workout. Do it. And that shift, as Sharon earlier, you know, I've had about a thousand people through the program since February, and and the results is phenomenal. Less than three percent attrition rate, but everyone's still doing it. They're getting results because thirty minutes a day is manageable. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, without you know, obviously sharing any names, do you have do you have that sort of one client that you consider to be your biggest uh, victory? I've got uh, a bunch of them, but and a few of them are are bloggers, and so they've been blogging about their experiences, which is just amazing, you know, because these are all unsolicited. They're just, they just want to share their experience, because they have people asking them, what are you doing? What do you want? (laughs) You know? Uh, Because they've seen this huge shift in not only their personalities and their confidence, but also physicality, you know, like they're fit. And uh, one woman in particular, she she started with me with my very first challenge I put out uh, about two years ago called the 300 a day challenge. And it was 100 sit-ups a day, plus 100 push-ups, plus 100 air squats, bodyweight squats. Every day you would do these 300 reps. You know, It didn't matter how long you take. didn't matter if you broke it up or you did a third in the morning, a third at noon, a third in the evening. It didn't matter. But just throughout the day, you would get 300 reps in. And funny little side note to this, you know, my, my wife's my biggest supporter. I remember lying in bed with her this day that I came up with this idea. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to launch a challenge next month for the month of November. I'm going to call it the 300 Day Challenge. I'm going to ask people to sign up to do this. What do you think about this? She looks at me. She goes, fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, no one's going to sign up. That's stupid. (laughs) And and she laughs about this because um, I was like, well, screw that. I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to show you. And uh, I went through it out there and I had 1,200 people sign up in three days. Right. And we were global. We were on every continent. I had people posting photos of them doing like their, their pushups. Uh, I had someone in, in, in Athens, you know, down on the, uh, what's it? Parthenon. Yeah. Thank you. And, uh, doing pushups on the steps there. And I had someone in Israel doing it in Australia. Like it was awesome, you know? So it was cool. And these people committed to doing it. And it was at that point I realized there was power in community as well because we had a group on Facebook. People were sharing with each other. They were cheering each other on. The camaraderie was, was being formed and reinforced. And people were, like, excited. And it was from that moment where I coupled that and what I was doing with their Sunday fun days. I, I've, my wife and I, we run a free Sunday morning workout. So we've been doing this for just over four years now, going on five. And so price is not the issue. You know, it doesn't cost you anything. But it is some time, but you're going to be part of our community and you're going to come and work out with a bunch of cool people. And um, the community is so key, you know. So anyone that's listening there, if you're thinking of making some lifestyle changes, you just got to plug into a community that's also on that same wavelength. 
And you've seen it. Look at how Man Talks is yeah. growing. Mm-hmm. Remember from the first meeting, which is what, 30 people? Yeah, it was like 40, 40 people. How many there. were there yesterday? Or sorry, the other one? Yeah, like, like 160. <laughs> exponential growth based on the message and based on the community, you know, people are getting tremendous value from it. So that's, that's where that's been going. And uh, so it's exciting, right? You you plug people into these systems, man, it it, it works. So, I I mean, it's clear um, in in your career and in your life, what, what it looks like when you do a good job, you, you know, you see, you see the, 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 the success and, and, and results coming from, from your clients and from your community. What is what does it look like for you when when you're off course, when things aren't going right? How do you know, how do you know when uh, you're not uh, you know you're not you're not doing the right thing? Okay, well I'll, I I'll share a personal story that happened like really recently yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I can talk about this like, just so openly. But it's fresh. yesterday I, I was having a. Well, so you guys know, I, I have a, and this is not an excuse because I believe excuses are bad habits in disguise. Uh, this is simply uh, just the state of a union as it relates to my health. Because people think, oh man, you're a healthy dude. You've probably been like this. You've been into sports all your life. No, 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 no. I was morbidly obese as a kid, but also I've had lots of health complications as I've aged. I have an autoimmune disease called autoimmune neutropenia. I basically have very little neutrophils and neutrophils is what neutralizes bacteria in your body. You get scrape, bruise, cut. You know, develop a fever is it's what helps you. I don't have any of that. I should probably live in a bubble. Uh, if my hematologist had it her way, I probably would be. You know? uh, but I don't let that limit me. But I do have days where my energy fluctuates based on just how I'm feeling. Right on those days, I do get very overwhelmed because when my health's not in line, it's my foundational piece upon which I build everything else. Like if my health is in good. I, I can focus on finance, I can focus on family, I can focus on faith, you know, I can have a lot of fun, my, even my fitness, you know, but when health is at a sink, that foundation is rocks, not rock solid anymore, the whole house shakes, right, <laughs> and and I feel it, and I take it out on those that I love, especially, you know, Christy will ask me just a simple question, and I'll snap, when that happens, or my kids, and I'm just short with them, I'm like, that's not me, I know I'm out of sync right now. I need to reset. <laughs> and I do different things for resetting. Sometimes just going for a walk, you know, just getting out of the house, listen to some good tunes, some good music, you know, and uh, going for a 45 minute to an hour walk. Literally. Like, we're fortunate. We're in Vancouver. We have a lot of places that are really cool to walk. <laughs> just the seawall. You know, I live on the seawall. So I just go up my door and away you go. So I love that because you're also connecting with the outdoors and uh, Stanley Park's fantastic. I, re- I recommend people go to forests, you know, woods and, and walk around on the trails. Man, it, nothing like getting connected with nature to reset. And then I also have certain foods that I'll tend to gravitate to that I normally don't eat. Like especially myself with an autoimmune disorder, I got to avoid inflammation in the body or else it affects my, my issues. And uh, so I tend to avoid dairy and gluten and, and preservatives and a lot of the chemicals that you find in foods today, I just avoid altogether. And, um, but on those days where I'm not feeling so hot, it's my uh, nine-year-old boy and me coming out again and looking for those comfort foods. Right. So what's I, your comfort food? I love ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, do I love ice cream? And I love muffins and cookies. Yeah, like yeah. you know, like I'm that kind of guy. I was never a salty guy, but I loved. As I used to call myself, I'm a carb whore. <laughs> you know, I, I love those simple carbohydrates, right? Which is not conducive for myself, and nor for for most people on a large scale, right? You don't want to be eating a lot of that stuff. Everything in moderation, and uh, and so that happens, and. Um, 
you know, I've got a lot of stuff on my plate right now. As you guys already know, anybody that follows me socially, I've always got something going on. So when, when I'm out of sync, it just feels like I've got a lot of weight on my shoulders. Right. Yeah. So yesterday was one of those days. That yeah. is fair. Sorry, Christy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on, I swear. Yeah. Um, I mean, you talked about, we've, we've kind of like touched on mentorship and, and you know, some really important lessons. Um, what has been, what, what's been, like, who has been a really important mentor for you? And I guess what's some of like the best advice that you've ever received? Maybe whether it's in health or whether it's in business or, you know, being a father, I know that that's a huge, huge part of what you do. And yeah. Yeah. You know, my wife always puts into perspective for me as well. It's sort of our, our litmus test, if you will, or that it's that, that measuring stick, I guess. And, and she'll often ask me, well, are you being the kind of man that you'd want your girls to marry? You know, I have two daughters. They're 10 and 12 now. And they are. They're the world to me. But when she asked me that question, it always puts me into that mind state where I'm like, am I being that guy? Am I the kind of man that I would be proud to call my son-in-laws or daughter-in-laws? Okay, like I'm good either way. But uh, do you know what I mean? Like, am I being that individual right now? Well, why aren't I being that? And so it's this dialogue that just happens as soon as she asks me that question, right? And, And I ask myself that question now, too. And so that's sort of how I gauge the kind of things that I do. And so Christy's, even though she's my best friend, she's my wife, uh, partner in crime, uh, she, she has also been a great mentor to me. She's just a positive, very uplifting individual. And she's been the best thing that's ever happened in my life, you know. And, uh, but also from a professional standpoint, James, CEO of Fitness Town took me under his wings, taught me literally everything he knows and uh, was very supportive. And it has been supportive in this transition as well, which has been great, you know. Um, But then also indirectly, I think a lot of us read books or we see a TED talk or we go to a man talk or or another type of event and we see these phenomenal speakers and then we want to learn more about them and we start to read their books that they put out, we follow their blogs. And I find a lot of inspiration from a lot of different individuals like that. Uh, One person in particular, Simon Sinek, uh, you know, start with why. Yeah, start, start with why. His TED Talk, I think, was Power of Why. And yeah. and uh, it's fantastic. But it really shifted how I communicate and how I lead, live my message, you know. And so that was very impactful on me. And that was about three, three and a half years ago when I was first introduced to his teachings and, and really changed how I communicate and articulate my why. And now it's, it just feels that that keeps me on track right? right and then people like you guys you know like honestly you know leaders in people that are building and leading communities for better for change for positive global change right even though we're we're here on this bit of a micro community of called vancouver yeah. our reach now is so much beyond totally. that. vancouver's yeah. kicking ass right now when it, it comes to creating, creating communities yeah where was i the other day i was at that uh, event uh, who else was there? There was a couple other people there. It was that thing that Lulu put on. I think it was called Impact, and they did it at a boxing oh, yeah, gym. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. it was, but it was just interesting to see all these people from different backgrounds coming together right. in a boxing gym, doing a workout together, and then they had a couple speakers. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's a pretty neat format. You yeah, know? like it was, it was neat. It was yeah. my first time being in that type of a thing. But I was just like, who thinks of this kind of stuff? <laughs> Clearly, Vancouver is a hotbed for this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of great up and coming. Uh, networking organizations and connecting organizations, right? Totally. And you guys, I mean, I don't, 
think you guys, well, you, you've had a lot of spinoffs from what Man Talks has been doing. Yeah, I've noticed. There's been a yeah. lot of people like looking at what you guys are doing, and they're, yeah. they're hey, you know what? That's flatter. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very true. There's like there's several communities yeah. now that are. I won't there. name them, but yeah. I've seen a couple. I'm like something talks, something talks. And I'm like, yeah. but honestly, ah. it, it, you know, if, if it's gonna yeah. if it's gonna elevate the conversation yes. and allow men to have those sort of vulnerable conversations, then definitely yeah. we're all for Game it. Game on. Right? On, the, on, that, on that topic, what you know, what would you? Uh, how would you define masculinity? What, what do you think it means to be a man? Uh, yeah, no, that's a tough question, <laughs> and and I, and I think the answers are always going to be highly subjective. You know, every guy is going to give you a different response. Um, to, to me, it's just being the best dad, best father, best role model I can be for those that I not only connect with directly, but more importantly, those that I correct, connect with indirectly. And that's the thing with social media today. You know, one mistweeted comment, uh, one stupid post, one bad move on the street. I look at that, teacher, that cop down in the U.S. just a couple of days ago, you know, like just couldn't restrain himself and assaulted a student. Like, and, and it got caught on a phone. Yeah. Like, it just takes one silly thank decision. On yeah, thank God it did, yeah. you know, because that, that guy deserved to be fired. But regardless, it just shows you how volatile things can really be now. You know, it happens in an instant. And so it's always trying to be the best man that I can, but also – you know, my health is important. I want to be physically strong, but also on top of that, I want to be emotionally strong. And I've struggled with that part of my life for my whole life, you know, and I could give you lots of reasons why, um, but it really doesn't matter why <laughs> it's like, what am I doing about it? And I've been constantly trying to improve myself uh, from an emotional standpoint and being able to communicate my emotions and articulate those. And I don't see that as a sign of weakness. I see it as a strength. And I think that, especially with things like what you guys are doing right now and some of the other organizations out there, that conversation is being had a lot more. And people are seeing that you can be physically strong but also emotionally strong. And you can show your vulnerabilities from an emotional standpoint and not lose that strength you know it actually strengthens those relationships i guess it's really about like understanding the distinction or like where the line in the sand is between something like anger and aggression mm-hmm. right because you can be angry like guys it's i think i think that's where a lot of people get confused is that they think that being angry is wrong everybody gets angry angry is actually a, a healthy it's actually a healthy emotion it can be a healthy emotion it's when it switches over into aggression right. that all of a sudden the the intentions behind it fundamentally change from a psychological standpoint and so anger is like okay we're all going to experience anger and and to and to try and like suppress that is not healthy um but and then other things like you know emotional resilience versus emotional suppression right right? and are you are you trying to be resilient or are you just trying to like shove the feelings down which is also not going to work right it's like Trying to get in shape and eating nothing but Cheetos. It's sure. Just, yeah. It's just not going to, it's not going to work out. So what's your favorite, just out of curiosity, what's like your favorite part of being a guy, of being a man? Oh man. <laughs> wow. That's, I love that question. That's, that's great. You, you know, I, I like that I can get away with pulling over on the side of the road and taking a pee. <laughs> you know, I, I love yes. that. <laughs> okay. Yes. I'm being straight. Like we there were just having Kelowna for Thanksgiving and, uh, we're driving back, and I'm like, ah, Daddy's got to pee. <laughs> We're on the Coca-Cola, and I'm like, and I can just do this right here. It's easy, right? Where women, no, not so easy. And it's and you can't really 
you know, there's no hiding. <laughs> there's something going on there. Um, but on a more serious note, I, I also like the physicality of being a man. You know, I like I, that's what I, I think that's also why I like CrossFit. It really you talk about aggression, and, and I'm not saying that CrossFit's aggressive, but I definitely have my anger management through that discipline, right? Like when I'm in a zone and I'm doing a workout, I'm moving some heavy weights fast. <laughs> I, I love it, you know, because for me, it just burns off a lot of stress, a lot of steam. And I like to challenge myself and keep moving the loads up. You know, I get a great deal of, you know, it's that basic manly instinct to just lift heavy shit, okay? <laughs> and do it repeatedly uh, for time. And uh, so I, I love that aspect too. But I also like being a dad, you know, and, and being a man and being a dad is it. What's, what's like your favorite part of being a dad? Like, what, what are some of the, like, do you guys have a. My kids teach me new things. Yeah. I, I, oh, I yeah. love being open enough that they can teach me new things and they teach me new things every day. But seeing them grow and I, I have a big respect for time now based on my kids, right? Like, as soon as you have kids, it's a reminder that the clock keeps ticking. Right. Because I don't feel like I've changed a lot over the last 20 years. But I can tell you, in the last 12, looking at how they've changed, I'm like, oh my gosh, there has been a lot of changes that happen. You know, but the best thing is, is knowing that they're proud of me to be their dad. And when I hear about that indirectly, them talking, even though they don't realize I'm listening, but talking to their friends and, and sharing about things that their dad's done or their parents have done and experiences that they've had or that are coming that they're excited about. Just seeing that excitement in life and knowing that I am playing a role in that. I love that. You know, so with that in mind, what you know, what do you want your, your legacy to be? Well, I, I like it, to know that I've been able to impact a lot of people's lives for a positive, you know, positively impact. I should definitely qualify. <laughs> uh, uh, but also, you know, knowing was I doing the best that I could with every moment that I had? And if I can look back and say yes to that, I'll be very proud and very happy. And, uh, hey, if my kids want to continue sharing that message and that's the nice thing with the digital footprints today you know unless everything goes black tomorrow <laughs> there's lots of opportunities for me to impact people right. well beyond my time on this planet mm. you know so I, I think that excites me as well and this whole idea of you know i've got a book and it's coming out and that well, t- tell us about well, that it's book. called the whole life fitness manifesto so we've already sort of touched down on pretty much every bit of conversation we've had today gets touched down in that book as well. Um, I, I call it more of a lifestyle program. It's not a fitness program. Uh, but it's one of those things people just got to plug into and try and uh, they'll get the results. So I'm, ex- I'm excited about it. It comes out in January and awesome. uh, got an Indiegogo kicking off here pretty quick. And uh, just to people keep asking, how do I get a book? And I was like, okay, well, I'll pre-sell some books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll use Indiegogo totally. as a platform. So it, it works really well. And what was the yeah. what was the writing process like? I mean, well, you know, I, I've been told yeah. that writing a blog is one thing. Yes. Writing a book is completely different. You, you are so on with that comment because uh, that's what I was, even with my editors, I was always struggling. And I was like, you know, my sweet spot's 500 words. I'm great. I can sit down, bang in a 500 word post, front to back, no problem. But we're talking about 200 pages here. <laughs> okay. Hmm. <laughs> there, there, there's more to it. And it takes a lot more discipline, I found. Um, and a lot more editing, too. Because, yeah, it, it was just a challenging process. Because I was also still working full-time at my, my other career. And on top of it, still managing my blog and my speaking engagements and coaching. Oh, gosh. It was just – it was – 
a labor of love, as they say. And uh, I, I love the process, but it was definitely an eye-opener for me, especially the traditional publishing world. That's something I had no knowledge of or experience with, so it's been an eye-opener for me. Cool. And, and can we, can we uh, link in the show notes? The in, in yeah. Indigo? Has that started? Uh, it hasn't yet, but if, I mean, wholelifefitnessmanifesto.com or diamondwell.com. You can get all the information there or mooseisloose.com. Uh, yeah, where, 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 yeah. You, you're called the moose. Where did that come from? Well, remember I told you that I started with CrossFit back in like 07 right. and uh, my, my buddy Patty uh, opened up CrossFit Vancouver, which was one of the first CrossFit gyms in Canada. It was actually, I think, the fourth CrossFit gym to open, period. Now there's like well over 10,000 worldwide, right? And, and so he got in there right from the get-go and I sold him some gear. You know, some dumbbells, some benches, some basic equipment. And he was always like, yeah, you got to come check this out. Got to come check this out, die. You know, and here I am, the guy in the fitness industry, and thinking, no, 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 no. This is just another one of those boot camps. Nah, I don't need to do that. I'm fit enough. You know, just ignorant. <laughs> I was ignorant. And uh, so I, he finally broke me down. And it was after that movie 300 came out. Remember the movie 300? Because uh, one of the trainers from that was using CrossFit principles in the training program, right? And I was like, oh, man, those guys are jacked. Okay, maybe I should go check this thing out. I went down and did the baseline fitness test, like just testing, and I got spanked. <laughs> There's actually a picture of me up against the chain link fence at their original location, and I am like dry heaving. <laughs> no, so here's a Vancouver fitness pro that's, you know, he's out there, he's in the industry, and I just got beat down by a baseline fitness test. Wow. So I, I was like, okay, there's something to this. I, I got to come back. I got to try this again. And during that baseline fitness testing, uh, there's a little run component where you do a 400 meter run as fast as you can, but you're carrying a 20 pound weight, uh, a medicine ball. I run like a moose. Okay. <laughs> Which Patty was so uh, nice to, to point out. And, and ever since then uh, it stuck. They just, they called me moose. And, uh, and also, I mean the, the Jughead comics too, right? Yeah. you know, moose and my yeah. jawline and all that. So it's, uh, <laughs> there, there's sort of the dubla. Entendre there. Yeah. But uh, anyways, <laughs> it, so that's where Moose came from. And moosesloose.com was my original domain, but then I switched it over to my personal name just because Diamond Well was unencumbered across all channels. There, you Google my name, you'll find me. So I'm, cool. I'm really accessible. So, so we talked about the book. Is there anything yeah. else that we want to uh, tell listeners about? What are you excited about in the future? What do you, you know, what you, you know, talked about? I, I just want more people to have great conversations like this. I, I'm excited to see where you guys are going over the next year, especially with the growth that you have coming down the pipe. And uh, I'll be watching uh, every step of the <laughs> no way. Pressure. And uh, no, I, <laughs> nah, there's no pressure that, yeah. you, you know what? The message is sound and the community is fantastic. So it, it's got success written all over it. But yeah, no, no. And uh, other for me, it's just, yeah, keep an eye out, you, you know, log on to the Holy Fitness Manifesto, sign up for updates uh, because there will be a book tour in 2016. Uh, we'll be doing Canada and the U.S. And uh, we will be going global with it later on as well. So those that are in Australia that yeah. read my blog, yes, we'll be there eventually. Awesome. Amazing. Yes. And, uh, you know, where can listeners find you? Obviously, diamanwell.com, uh, Twitter, Facebook. All of them. Awesome. Snapchat, yeah, Instagram. Instagram. I, I'm on all of Periscope, them. And they're all my name. Oh, I love Periscope. Yeah. I, I love actually really like it. Yeah. Love it. So yeah, I've been doing Periscope. I'm I'm gonna actually have a Periscope show that's launching next month. And when I say a show, it'll actually be just at w- once a week. I'll have an actual designated time where I'll answer questions from readers. So, uh, but th- that hasn't been solidified which night that will be yet. So okay. anyway, just go to my site. Everything's there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, tweet me. 
Awesome. Very Amazing. cool. Well, thanks so much, Di. Um, yes. If anybody wants to learn more about Di, obviously go to diamondwell.com. If anybody wants to learn more about Man Talks, they can go to mantalks.com for more podcasts, blog posts, any uh, videos of our events, which are going to be going live soon. We're promoting our uh, one-day intensive event, which is coming up uh, fast approaching on November the 7th. So by the time this episode comes out, we'll have a few days left to buy tickets. Connor, do you want to maybe uh, share a little bit more about the event? Yeah, absolutely. So we are super stoked. The team has been working on it really hard. Um, we have some amazing speakers. We're going to be at the Vancouver Convention Center on the 7th for the entire day. Uh, and we have you know, 1-800-GOT-JUNK came up today. We've got the founder of 1-800-GOT-JUNK coming to speak, Mr. Brian Scudamore. Um, we've got the CEO of Kid and Ace, uh, Daryl Kopke. He's also the founder of Institute B, which is a business certification for um, corporations that want to be more like not-for-profits and get get some of the benefits. So there's going to be some incredible speakers. Uh, Philip McKernan, who's been on stage with Richard Branson and the Dalai Lama. Um, there, there's there's going to be a, a, an amazing crowd of people. Uh, there should be about 200 plus people from in and around Vancouver. There's people flying in from Colorado who have reached out, which is really cool. Awesome. Um, so there's going to be there's going to be a really cool crowd there. The Man Talks community is spreading. It, we're 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 viral, baby. Yeah. Um, so, in a good way. In a great way. So so come so come join us. Uh, check it out uh, on mantalks.com. And if you have any questions, feel free to uh, fire us off an email. Awesome. And we want to just take the time to thank the Man Talks listeners uh, for you know coming to the show, to, coming to the to the live events but also listening to the show uh, every week. Um, we, we've, we've gotten some fantastic feedback, and we really, really appreciate all the love and support. We also want to you know, give some shout-outs to uh, a few guys that have given us great reviews on, on iTunes. For those that don't know, you know, when you give us an, a review on iTunes, it helps our show become more visible on, on iTunes. It, it pops up in that new and noteworthy section, which allows us to spread the, spread the Man Talks community um, far and wide. Like, like Dai does with his community, we want to do the same with ours. So shout-out to Luke Merrick, um, our buddy Luke, who's given us a great review um shout out to bob monroe who's also given us a great review also uh, i see here die uh, die manuel has given us a review oh look at that thanks so much guys um you know and, and if you're really enjoying the show um reach out to us at info at mantalks.ca if you have any um ideas for show uh, episodes or or guests um but really we'd love love for you to go to itunes and, and write us a uh, write us a review it, it really matters a lot um, thanks so much again to Di Manuel, and thanks thanks again to all the listeners for our listening to the Man Talks podcast. Catch us next week for another inspiring conversation with an inspiring man. Oh, oh, oh.